Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. Today happens to be February the 5th. It's a Wednesday of 2020. Um, so anyway, a lot of stuff has happened since the last podcast, namely the Super Bowl. <gasps> the Super Bowl. I'm sure there's like licensing things saying you can't say the word Super Bowl and... You know, don't say the word Super Bowl. Whatever you do, don't say the word Super Bowl because Super Bowl belongs to somebody else. And every time you say the word Super Bowl, you have to pay somebody else royalties for Super Bowl. Allegedly. Um, listen, it's a cultural thing, okay? We are all watching the, the game, the big game as it's advertised on TV. I think the thing is you can't advertise that it is the Super Bowl that you're promoting. You can say, hey, tune in to us for the big game. I think as long as you're selling something, that's the key. I'm not selling anything. I'm just talking. This is me talking with a microphone in a bedroom that's converted over to a podcast room. So, and you guys don't care. But anyway, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, spoiler alert if anybody's still DVRing it and waiting uh, to watch it like a year from now or whatever. Or if you're in a bunker, hey, just let you know. Kansas City won. Um, <clears throat> it was a good game. Listen, before this game, you know, the thing that guys talk about is hey, man, who you think's going to win? And it's all that thing about, you know, well, I really like the 49ers when Montana was there. And, you know, KC ain't won one in 50 years. And so everybody's got like an angle. Oh, my cousin's from from uh, Kansas City area, man. So I got I to gotta pull for them because he likes them. Whatever. Whatever. I went into this with open eyes and open heart thinking, wow, this is going to be a great game. This is two of the best teams that we've seen in a while make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, let's face it. For a while here, not the best teams have made it to the Super Bowl. It's whoever's gotten hot at the right moment and they've gotten in. And it's been a lopsided game, usually on the Patriots side of things. Um, But this was a game where I felt going into it, these were very evenly matched teams and that they were going to play each other extremely hard on both ends of the ball. And that's exactly what happened. It was a fun Super Bowl to watch. They played hard. They were competitive. At no time did you feel like, Oh, this is just a runaway now. I mean, even up to the very end, you still felt like, I don't know, man, the 49ers might turn it around here. I mean, listen, <clears throat> going into the fourth quarter, the 49ers were up by 10. <laughs> but we've seen KC be down before and come back, and they did it. They did it again. And Patrick Mahomes is only 24 years old, and now he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Good for you, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, my wife was talking about, you know, do you think you'll ever surpass Brady for Super Bowls? And I was like, I mean, he's only 24. He's got a long time to do that. I mean, if they stick with the same kind of program that the Patriots had, who knows? Um, but anyway, um, that was an exciting game. Uh, I liked both teams going into this. I, I really didn't care who was going to win. Um, I felt like the, the the 49ers had a really good shot, but I felt like KC was going to have more of a devastating offense, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, when it came down to the final plays, Casey was just more explosive on offense. And they made some great defensive plays. I mean, Jesus, it was it was quite a match. So hats off to them. Good for you. Um, there were lots of uh, <clears throat> comments about the halftime show with Shakira and J-Lo. Listen, I knew going into this that this was going to be an opportunity for these fine young, youngish, okay, let's say just say older ladies. Um, Shakira's 43 J-Lo's over 50. I think she is 50. Um, 
I knew that they were going to be out there shaking their booties, wearing very little, and um, I wasn't disappointed. It was it was all right. It's good to go. You know, last year was Adam Levine was out there with no shirt on and his jeans, you know, low rise jeans on, all sweaty and oily, and it's a little uncomfortable at times because I was thinking, all right, so it's okay that this dude could be shirtless and, you know, the whole nipple controversy of um, Janet Jackson was a no-no, but this dude can do it and it's okay. I don't know. It's a little weird. It's a little weird what's acceptable and what isn't. Um, I felt like the Super Bowl halftime show was actually pretty fun to watch. Um, it seemed like they were having a good time together. They each had their moment of singing some of their hits, and then they incorporated a thing at the very end where they could sing, you know, as a combined music deal. <clears throat> There's no doubt about the fact that that both of these women are still um, performers and musicians. Shakira, by far, is the far superior musician. Uh, she's on there playing guitar and drums at a certain point. Um, and a lot of people gave her crap about her uh, doing the tongue thing at the camera. But it's like a cultural thing for where she's from. She's from Colombia. And um, I learned about this from Narcos. This is <laughs> this is a cultural thing that, that they do and they celebrate. So anyway, people had fun making memes out of it and good for you. There were lots of funny commercials. But by far, I thought the funniest one was Bill Murray waking up at Groundhog Day because the Super Bowl was on Groundhog Day and they do a thing where he he's like, oh no, it's this again. And then he sees like a the new Jeep, whatever, the the one that looks like a pickup truck. And uh he grabs the the little groundhog and they go off on a on a adventure together every day. And he's looking forward to it. He's like, Oh, we get to do it again. Like it's it's funny. <clears throat> Bill Murray has uh become a cultural icon himself and Whenever he can get on screen and just play, that's when it's the most fun. And I think that they pretty much just let him play. They're like, what do you think? We're thinking this. And he's like, oh, let's do it. Let's, I want to have fun with it. And they're like, okay, well, what are you thinking? I mean, it was fun. It's a fun, funny commercial. Um, does, it want me, does it make me want to go out and buy a Jeep? No. Uh, but it's a funny commercial. And listen, it worked. I'm talking about it. The whole point of these commercials is that you talk about it, right? Uh, I did notice that there were several commercials for electronic vehicles. Uh, there's a small hint of one with LeBron James and the Hummer coming out with an electric Hummer this year. Um, of course, I'm sure this is GM trying to play catch up to Tesla, realizing, holy crap, if we don't get on board here, we're going to miss this opportunity to have clients. Um, Audi did the same thing. They had a commercial with uh What's her name? Maze Williamson? William? I don't know her name. The the girl from Game of Thrones. The the badass chick that like can take the faces off of people and stuff. She's she's my favorite. Um Arya. She's on there and she's singing a Frozen song while she's driving a electric Audi and it's really cool. Um what else was there? There was another electric vehicle. There were like several electric vehicle commercials. I think the other one was I don't know. I can't think of it. You guys know what it is. Right now you're screaming at your at your headphones or your radio or whatever you're listening to me on and going, dude, it's the uh, you don't remember? Yeah, I don't remember. Sorry. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, Elon Musk has, has developed this cultural change to where electric is now cool and sexy. And it is. 
I want one. I'm not even going to lie. I've talked about it before. The uh, the Cybertruck looks really awesome. I mean, it's way too big for what I need, but man, it is cool looking. I went on a uh, a work trip recently, and on the freeway, I had an electronic Jaguar pass me. It looked like an SUV. It passed me, and I, I kept looking at it going, what is that? Holy crap, that's cool looking. Very cool looking car. Um, so anyway, I think the wave of the future is electronic. I think the renewable energy is going to be a thing that uh, more people are going to get behind. I think that it's just a matter of time before we harness the sun like we should, and we all have solar. Um, it's just going to be a matter of time. And, you know, I hope that young kids hear stuff like this and go, yeah, that's totally what I want. I mean, why not? If I weren't dependent on going to the gas station or paying the power bill, energy is free. It's literally, it's literally raining down on us every day, and we just have to figure out how to harness it. So good for those companies for coming out with stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so past the Super Bowl, past all that, let's talk about some stuff that I've heard. How about it? How about it? So I listened to uh, a few podcasts this, this past time period between uh, the last time we spoke and today. Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, episode 1420 with Mark Normand. Uh, Mark Norman's been on his podcast before. He opened for Burt last year on the European leg of the um, Body Shots World Tour. And uh, there's lots of him on Burt's Instagram where they hung out together and uh, Bert's had him on his podcast a few times. Mark Norman is a very funny comedian, very very dry way of talking. Uh, but he grew up in an interesting scenario in New Orleans, um, in the bad part of town, and uh, <clears throat> has a very funny way of of delivering lines that's sort of matter of fact. Uh, but it's experiences that he's lived that's that's pretty far out for a lot of people. But when you hear it in his tone, it's hilarious. Um, he was good on Joe. They had a good hang. It was funny. Um, and he talks about his podcast that he's just started uh, with another comedian, Joe List. The podcast is called Tuesdays with Stories. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm going to um, because I like both of those guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Ugh. Goodness. That could be the coronavirus. Uh-oh. Doon, doon, doon. If you heard it here and I die tomorrow, you'll know. I heard him cough. That was it. He was patient zero. Huh? What if I caught it through my earphones? Anyway, um, so that was cool. Uh, then I listened to Burt Kreischer, uh, the Burt Cast, episode thirteen of the Something's Burning Uncut. Uh, he did. He has this show on YouTube called Something's Burning. Uh, I highly recommend watching it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, this was a fun one because it was Michael Rosenbaum and Harlan Williams. Michael Rosenbaum, you might know, played Lex Luthor on Smallville. Harlan Williams has been in lots of movies. Um, He's silly. He's a very silly goose. And he's silly on this, because apparently he sent them a recipe for something to cook and something that he wanted, that he said, I want you guys to make this drink. It's something I created. And then he wouldn't eat or drink either one of the things. He's like, oh, I can't eat that. I'm allergic to it. Oh, I can't drink that. I'm allergic to it. (laughs) It's like, what? You specifically said, make sure to cook this. I came up with it, and then you're not going to eat it? This is so... And, and the thing he had to make was very weird. Uh, it's He's got a funny name for it. It's just... He's so odd. It's just an odd episode to listen to. But this is where Michael Rosenbaum and 
Bert Kreischer sort of become friends. After this, Bert has him on his podcast, and Bert does Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, which is called Inside of You. Um, <clears throat> I've talked to you guys before about Inside of You, and it's a good podcast. Um, but he's gotten into a pattern of interviewing people I don't know and I don't really care about. Um, and it's one of those things where, I mean, unless you're just looking for content, you're like, yeah, I can skip this one. I can skip that one. I can skip these two. You know, and I did. I skipped a lot of them. Um, although I did listen to a recent one that he did wrapping up 2019. It is uh, his 95th episode, the top 13 moments of 2019 of the Inside of You Michael Rosenbaum podcast. And on there, he talks a lot about um, things that he learned, things that he's going through, situations with his producer and the podcast. And at one point he had video, then he took video away, and now he's thinking about adding video back to the podcast, which is kind of interesting behind-the-scenes stuff nobody really cares about but me and other creators. Um, but he plays clips of the top 13 moments of 2019 with people that he's interviewed. And I've listened to every one of those individually when they were on. And it's people that I find interesting and their stories were interesting. And he has a good way of asking questions that gets people very honest. Um, one of the most touching endearing ones was uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite talking about his friend, Robin Williams. And it's very touching and awesome and and loving. And it's something that Bobcat doesn't reveal very often. Bobcat's very guarded with his stories and his emotions, and he kind of lets it all out in this, and it's good. It's a good moment. There's lots of good moments in this. So anyway, um, check that out if you want to hear it. There's lots of stuff in there. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo talks about her friendship with Carrie Fisher. Um, she talks about her marriage to Al Pacino, uh, or not marriage, but their relationship and having kids together and all that stuff. And there's stuff in there with Zach Levi and just lots of other ones. Um, so check that out. Then I listen to Whitney Cummings. She has a podcast called Good For You. Now, I listened to several episodes that she had recorded. The first one I listened to was Gary Gullman. <clears throat> Gary Gullman has an HBO special called The Great Depression. And he's on tour, and his tour is called Peace of Mind. Uh, Gary talks about going into a deep depression and needing to get help along the way. And he's good friends with Whitney and with Burt Kreischer. He's been on Burt's before, and I've talked about it before. Um, but literally, he talked about how he just got into a deep depression and needed to figure out a way out of it. And listen, I always want to promote the positive, and this guy's pretty positive after the fact. And he's like, listen, you know, this is what I had to do, and I don't mind talking about my vulnerabilities. I don't mind talking about the stuff that I went through. And it's something I still struggle with, but I'm getting help. And he's like, I encourage everybody to get help. And he's, you know, a comedian. So he's also found the comedy in it, and he performs all this information for you, for us, for me. And um, he's a very tender-hearted guy who's has some great information and he seems like he's very down to earth and grounded and um it's a good conversation she didn't she then has one with fred armison and um <clears throat> i did not know but fred armison is also a drummer 
He has a band. He's a drummer in a band. And because of that, he's come out with a Netflix special called Stand Up for Drummers. Uh, I have not seen it. Even when I scan, I don't know the algorithm that Netflix has, but whenever I go looking for comedy, it's like, all right, I watch comedy all the time. You'd think you'd have a category just for me that says comedians or stand-up comedy or whatever. But no, I got to go look for it. Every time I want to go find something about comedy, I got to go look for it. Hey, Netflix, if you're listening to this, get your crap together. Make a category that readily comes up, stand-up comedy or comedians or something like that. Um, he talks about uh, dating Natasha uh, from... Uh, She's from Orange is the New Black, um, the Russian Doll show. Um, talks about uh, his stuff on SNL, and uh, apparently Whitney really likes his comedy. She, his, he's got a very dry sense of humor. He's very quick witted, um, and um, I'll be honest, his comedy is not for me. Like his his style of com- of comedy is just awkward. Uh, I remember watching SNL one time when uh, Scarlett Johansson was supposed to be on there. And he had this weird thing where they were doing commercials as these Greek folks selling porcelain fountains. And I think it's funny for some people, but I don't know why. I don't know what the funny part is. Is it that they're making fun of a commercial that may be playing locally in New York? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. There's lots of stuff that he does I don't get. There's, it's like, maybe I'm too stupid to understand the comedy of it. Um, it's just not for me. But he's an interesting guy, and this is an interesting conversation. And uh, So anyway, if you like Fred Armisen, check it out. Um, the episode she did that really interests me is one labeled as Bonus. And it's with two people, uh, Jessica Yellen and Maz Jabroni. Jabroni? Jabroni. J-O-B-R-A-N-I. Maz Jabroni is an Iranian-American comedian, and Jessica Yellen, I think, is a White House correspondent news person, Um, but they're friends, and they go into a deep history about Iran and Iraq and the confrontations of the Shiites and the Sunnis and the all the ties and confrontational stuff that's happened over the years between the U.S. and those countries and Saudi Arabia. And they go into a deep conversation that that was very educational and easy to follow, as easy as I could follow. Listen, there's a lot that goes on that is very confusing about that area. And these guys, all three of them, they ask each other good questions. They have good feedback. Um, by far, uh, Maz is well versed in everything and and openly shares everything he knows and it's it's fascinating it's so fascinating i took a clip of it and i posted it on facebook and i was like this is very interesting and i encourage anybody to check it out if you ever had any questions about what's going on in the middle east man how lucky are we that we're born here in america i mean i feel i feel like i won a lottery ticket i'm a white male born in america i had no choice in that god was just like yeah Sure. There you go. Man, I could not imagine living in that environment all the time. And you don't know who's the bad guy, who's the good guy, what's going on. It's just chaos. It's just so much chaos. Speaking about not knowing the good guy and the bad guy, 
I watched a show recently on Netflix. It just came on there uh, not too long ago. It's called October Faction. And it's one of those shows where you think you know what's going on, and then there's a reveal, and then you think you know what's going on, and there's another reveal. And you're like, wait, who? who's the bad guy here? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Like every show that I tend to watch has a good guy and a bad guy. And you kind of follow along. And I always talk about the fact that Breaking Bad was sort of the first show that, that was like, listen, we're going to have this guy and you're going to care for him. And he's going to slowly evolve into a worse and worse character. And <clears throat> he's going to be the ultimate bad guy, but you're going to root for him every step of the way, even though he's the bad guy. It was a crazy idea that that uh, Vince Gillian had for that show, and I think a lot of people have tried to emulate that over the years. And there's always a big reveal of, hey, you know, what you thought was real isn't real, and it's gone on and on again for different shows. This show is something else. This show is, <clears throat> for the first part of it, a lot of background information, a lot of hints as to what's going to come up later a lot of speculation and questions and and a lot of teenagerish stuff that's going on. Um, if you watch the previews, you'll see there's a mother and father. Um, mom's black, dad's white. They have a relationship. They have two kids that look mixed, and they're twins. And somewhere along the way, they're monster hunters, the mom and dad are. The kids don't know anything about it. They moved to a, a town because supposedly the dad died and, and you know, they're supposed to look after this, not the dad of the show, but the main guy's father passed away and leaves them a house or something and they got to go figure out what to do. And they decide, hey, this is a pretty cool, you know, little town. We grew up here. Let's, let's let our kids go to high school here. And, of course, they go to high school and they're dealing with the same issues that every high school kid has to deal with, plus the fact of they start finding out they have powers. <laughs> and this is where it gets weird, okay? Because you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the powers mean. They don't even know what the powers mean. So you're finding out as a viewer the same time that the kids are learning about what's going on. So there's several reveals in this show that once they become, once the information comes out, you're sort of like, wait, I want to kind of go back and watch that episode again because I don't know if I got everything. Like there's a lot of information here. And... I can tell you that if you feel that, just keep watching because it reveals itself more and more with each episode. And I've watched the whole season, the whole series so far. It's only the first season. I watched the whole thing in like a day or two, two days. And I can tell you that even after watching it, I don't know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. I don't know where the alliances are. I don't know what's supposed to happen next. It's an interesting show. For the first, there's 10 episodes, okay? So for the first five episodes, I was just like, I don't know. I could I could quit this show and, and I don't care. And then around sixth episode, seventh episode, it really takes off, especially the seventh episode. It's like a jet plane fueling up and, and, and turning on the afterburners. Just, and you're off to the races, buddy. And seven, eight, nine, ten, holy crap. Especially the tenth, holy crap. There's so much that happens. And every step of the way, you're still like, wait, so, so who are we pulling for? Okay. I'm going to give something away, but not really. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything. 
But in this, like I said, they hunt monsters. Okay, so one of the monsters they come across is a warlock. Now, I've watched a lot of TV and movies over the years, and I think there was a movie once called Warlock, and I don't remember it being very good. Um, It was one of those B-style movies, and it was by actors that were really campy, and I've since... You know, becoming an adult and whatnot, and raising kids. I played uh, World of Warcraft, and on there, there's a character you can create called a warlock. And as a warlock, you have a lot of cool things you can do with what they call blood magic. So, you know, you kill things, you gain up your, this blood magic, and and along the way, you can do some really cool stuff. One of the things you could do is you can take over the mind of your enemy and have them attack each other. Or you can take over the mind of the enemy and have them do things that they wouldn't normally do. Um, There's moments where you can raise the dead. There's moments where uh, if you die, you can actually bring yourself back to life. It's really cool in the video game. And it seems like someone took all of the information and went, what if we did that as like a show? Like this is just the characteristics of this being. And we make a show around it. And so when you're introduced to this warlock, this is all in it. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this that's like, holy crap, amazing, awesome, and makes you really want to see more about this character. So, um, there's lots of stuff in this that I felt was forced. There's a lot of conversation about um, the fact that they're in what seems like a, a small town and there is the dynamic of the um, the black woman with the white male uh, in a relationship. And then later on, there's another situation where there's a black male with a white woman. And for a lot of people, that's going to rub them the wrong way. Um, I know from the outside looking in, I know that it's all in an effort to normalize the fact that people are just people. And if we get past that, we can enjoy the story. But I feel like Hollywood does more and more of this nowadays where they're really forcing this issue of we need diversity as much as possible. We need to get the message out there that people are just people. And that's true. That's totally true. But then they go a step further and they have a relationship with the with one of the kids is gay. And he's he's got a gay a a, a romantic relationship with another guy. Like he's he's interested, and it's not anything other than kissing. But it's the thing of you know, we need to normalize everything in every show as much as possible. Um, you know, <clears throat> for someone who's not very accepting, it can be very hard to digest whenever you see this on screen. They don't go into it being like the main storyline, but it's just another wrinkle of, it seems like a forced element of the story, if that makes any sense. Like, you got a cool story. But then they were like, eh, what else could we do to make this more controversial and get people talking about it? Ooh, we could do this. You know what I mean? It's like they went out of their way just to make it have more wrinkles of political correctness for the sake of having people talk about it. Um, but listen, every show does it. I, I just got done watching uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch on Netflix also, uh, season three. And they've got a character on there who's uh, supposed to be a girl who wants to be a boy and, you know, call me Theo or whatever, you know, whatever. I get it. I get it. The fact that we're supposed to normalize as much as possible with people's choices and who they are and their self-worth and all this stuff. And the problem 
over the years is that we don't listen to our kids. We don't pay attention to their concerns and their needs and their wants and desires. And we downplay everything and we treat them like crap. And we shouldn't. I mean, I get the fact that we should be more accepting and learn to love people as people. I get all of that. But for me in shows, now it's like a concentrated thing of, oh, we got to show as much diversity in everything that we do. Otherwise, no one's going to take us seriously or no one's going to talk about us. I don't know. It just seems like it's forced. Um, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, season three, is really good. Lots of good stuff in there. Um, it's very campy. It's very, you know, Riverdale-ish. It's done by the same people who do Riverdale, but it's for Netflix and not for the CW. Um, <clears throat> Riverdale, I've talked about before, is just grown-ups pretending to be teenagers, and uh, I'm only watching it for Veronica <laughs> and Cheryl, Cheryl Blossom. Um, I'm only watching it for them, and it's just eye candy. The show is awful. <laughs> the acting is awful. Everything about it's awful. Uh, except for those two ladies. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, on the other hand, is actually pretty decent writing, even though it's kind of a campy-style story. Um, To me, it's made for teenagers. And I have a teenager's brain, I guess, because I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's interesting. There is a uh, time element. This is why I think this is the, the the best season yet. There is a time travel element now where there is a time loop and I'm a big time travel fan. So I'm into this big time now. I mean, holy crap. (laughs) There's a new wrinkle for the next season and I'm in, I am so in. So you can make fun of me. I don't care. Sabrina, the teenage witch is great. Um, Let's save this last part. Uh, I saved, I should say I saved this last part for last for a reason. Um, There's a lot of scams going on out there for people trying to get you to click on their links or, you know, click here to get your refund for blah, blah, blah. And I've talked about this before. I've actually had Jeff Veely on. If you guys want to go back and listen to the cybersecurity podcast, um, go check that out. Um, There's a lot of deception going on right now with people trying to steal your money. And, This happened yesterday with my wife's dad. Uh, Her dad, Sammy, lives down in a little town called Roundo. And, you know, he's a widow. He lives alone. He's, you know, getting up in age. I would think, I think my wife said he's 76. I could be getting that wrong, but I think he's 76. And he gets a phone call yesterday out of the blue with, hey, Sam this is your oldest grandson. And then the scam starts because right away, Sammy says his name and he's like, yeah, he goes, I listen, I got in a wreck and I'm in, I'm in a lot of trouble. The cops have my phone right now. And as all this has been explained to me immediately, my brain goes, this sounds like a scam. Cause first off, there's an estranged relationship going on there where, I don't know that Sammy and Dallas have had very many conversations over the years. I don't think that they've had any reason to call each other up for whatever reason. Um, 
And come to find out, this this was all fake. Every bit of it was fake. But whoever this was on the phone was trying very hard to convince him that his grandson was in an accident and that he needed to send money so that he could get out of trouble. And if you're not paying attention, you can fall for this. My uncle fell for this. Um, my dad's brother, towards the end of his life, he had lost his mama, he had lost his wife, and the phone, the phone call started coming in of, you know, oh, we need this money for the church, or we need this money for the kids, your wife promised this, your wife promised that, and oh, uh, you know, let me, let me see if I can get some money for you. And there's people that prey upon people who are not very savvy or not paying attention or maybe a little delusional because of their age and they just give away money. And thank God Sammy had the presence of mind to go, this sounds fishy. Let me let me call my daughter and ask her if, if this sounds right. I mean, he could have just sent the money and been like, yeah, I went, I went and helped him. And they could have called back and said, oh, well, you know, I, that wasn't enough. I need some more. I mean, it makes me crazy to think about the future of scams. I mean, <clears throat> I know that there's technology right now where you can you can point your phone at your face and you can look like a celebrity. And you can look like a celebrity saying all kinds of crazy stuff, even though it's you. And it's just a matter of time before they do that with friends and family and loved ones where you're going to get a FaceTime from someone who looks like your kid or your, you know, parent or whatever, your sibling, and they're going to be like, I'm in trouble, I need help. And, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a point where we get distrust over the situation and we have to do things in person in order for it to be real. I don't know. It's troubling. I told her, I said, you know, he needs to call the cops, they need to get involved, and... Maybe they can track this phone number, find out what this person is. Um, he did get in touch with the cops. He the, this person called back later. He told him, he said, the cops are, are are tracking your number. Just want to let you know. I've talked to my grandson. He's fine. He doesn't need money. This scam is over. And, of course, the person hung up right away. But it's just, it's sad. So if you're out there doing that or you know somebody who's doing that, Get help. <laughs> Seriously. If you know somebody doing that, turn them in. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. My wife asked me, she said, what would you do? And I said, you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to know. <clears throat> so, anyway. That's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I know that in politics last night, the president had a his State of the Union address, and apparently him and Nancy Pelosi were in a pissing match. Uh, he didn't shake her hand, and then after he read off his thing, she ripped up his speech and right behind him. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like watching children in a playground. Um, except if they were kids, they'd be throwing sand, and that really actually meant that they liked each other. Maybe they actually like each other. Whoa, that's a revelation. What if they're actually like hot for each other? Ugh, that's disgusting. Anyway, there you go. I left you with that thought. I'm going to wrap this up. Y'all take care. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, my buddy Greg's podcast, uh, 5 and 40, is now available on iTunes. So give it a listen. He's got the uh, next episode coming out soon. 
And I'll prompt you whenever that happens. It'll be all over my crap, and you'll see it. And you'll be like, oh, here's that thing he keeps talking about. Um, <clears throat> if you guys uh, want to hear anything, let me know. Reach out to me. Uh, I've got the Instagram. I've got the, uh, the Gmail. All that stuff's in the information. Just click on the links or follow them, and you'll find me. And we can have a conversation together. Yay! So that's it. I'll take care. Cue the cow, baby.